Content creators continue to struggle with artificial intelligence usage in different ways. Schools are finding out that Chromebooks purchased during the pandemic might not last much longer. And research suggests that looking at screens all day might not be good for your eyesight, just like mom told you all those years ago. These stories and more coming up on this episode of Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. The bearded man behind those glowing screens is Chris. Hello, Chris. How are you? Yo, he's not even responding right, today. Yeah, beard, bearded, <laughs> bearded man. All right. All right. You have a wonderful flowing beard, and I'm jealous of it every day. Not quite flowing, but eventually, it's... eventually when it gets to Jesus length, <laughs> it might be. Is that how long you're going to grow it, you think? Or... Uh, yeah, maybe. Does it get, long, does it get longer near the chin? Uh, yeah, it does. It does. It gets about, say, here. Once you start losing stuff in it, then yeah. it's time to, to trim it. You know? All right. We're, we're off to a great start. Let's get let's talk, get jump right into it with um, some of the AI copyright stuff that we're seeing around the world today. There was a good article on The Verge about how Google is trying to have it both ways with AI and copyright. Um, this is a really long story, so I, I don't want to get into the, the complete story. But basically, uh, this was by the editor in chief of The Verge. Um, on the one hand, Google has protections for artists who use copyrighted material, but on the the other hand, Google also insists on training AI search results on books and news websites without paying anyone, um, and they claim that it's permissible fair use. Um, basically, Google made it and announced a deal with Universal Music Group to develop an AI framework to help work towards common goals. Google is signaling that it will pay off the music industry with special deals that create brand new and potentially devastating private intellectual property rights, while basically telling the rest of the web that the price of being indexed in search is complete capitulation to allow Google to scrape data for AI training. Now, this is sort of an opinion piece, too, from, from The Verge. Basically, they're saying that they are going to use AI to train um, or they're going to use AI to uh, use in their YouTube content ID algorithm, which always detects whether a video is used copyrighted material or not so that you can't benefit off of the work of someone else. But the, the really squiggly, squishy part is they might do this with AI voices so that if you use AI voice to replicate the voice of Frank Sinatra, for example, and that's the example they use, um, that you might get a copyright strike or yeah, some, yeah. some kind of violation if the algorithm thinks that an AI voice is being used. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't say whether if someone who might just sound like that person does a video would get copyrighted strikes, but the whole copyright strike system with YouTube is basically there to protect the artists. Right. So on the one hand, uh, Google is, is keeping the music industry happy, but on the other hand, then they also insist on being able to scrape the web off of book sites and websites to train AI data, uh, which could harm the, uh, uh, the, the copyright owners of text and written text. OpenAI recently did this with its, uh, where they will allowed its web crawlers to be uh, blocked or to prevent the web crawlers from indexing your site. But that's OpenAI and that's just for training purpose of, the, of their AI. If you did the same thing, like if, if you're the Wall Street Journal and you say to Google, well, you can't crawl my site, that's going to just kill your ranking. Yeah. And so there might have there might end up being a court case, I think, where Google, you, you can block the AI from learning it, 
in terms of the training, but you can't block it because it's too valuable to be in that search algorithm. Uh, it just feels like this is going to get really messy and it's going to probably end up in the courts. Um, but it, I just thought it was a fascinating article, especially in, the, in light of the court rulings recently where they are saying AI images can't be copyrighted. Um, it's also been known that you can't copyright a voice. So this video, right, right. while it might be copyrighted, someone imitating my voice, you can't copyright that if I was a singer and if I was popular and famous. That's scary. I feel like, I don't know, with with all this AI stuff going on, the more stories we, we see of it, it's really going to change the internet if you think about it. Yeah. Like, remember how people would say, you know, it's like if you have an email or if you have a website or if you, you know, input your information in social media sites, it's like your all your information is out there, everything especially on the dark web. Yeah. Right. Now it's like, geez, if I have like videos of myself, like videos of this, our podcast. Sure. Our voices and likeness now are out there on the internet to be scraped and to be used into, you know, whatever AI algorithm out there that can pull voices and, and images out, right? And, and, and there are issues of, do I retain the likeness of my voice and my persona? Yeah. Same thing with you. Now, multiply that by if we were famous, if we yeah. were popular. So let's pick a popular YouTuber, um, Mr. Beast, for example, or Joe Rogan as a podcaster. Right. It's already if, been done. It's, it's already, yeah, it's they've already, already been cloned done. his voice, right? Yeah, it's already and, been done. It's easy to do. And now you clone it and you, clone, you, know, you add video and you can then basically have them say whatever they want. You now take this and put it up on YouTube. Or is YouTube going to take it down? Yeah. It's it's I wouldn't want to be in the legal department of, of YouTube at the moment. Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I think it's going to be a this is this probably isn't true. I, I think everything will be fine, but it makes you wonder, you know, like how much more scarier the Internet's going to become, you know, 10 years from now, yeah, 12 and, years from now. And you, you know? won't even and you might not be able to tell whether something is real or fake. Yeah, that's another, even that's another issue. One of the things that also does, that bothers me is the, the, the idea of the internet when it was originally conceived and or when when people started getting really popular on the internet, when when the technology took off, there was this idea that that the technology would democratize things. Uh, and we saw that with blogging. When you started writing a blog, you could become popular. There's a whole there's a whole list of YouTubers out there that have monetized and taken advantage of the platform yeah. to become famous. Um, you know, would Mr. If, if, if YouTube wasn't around, would a guy like Mr. Beast be able to do this? He would have to get signed by a Hollywood production company and you would have to, and, and the platform wouldn't necessarily be YouTube videos. It would be a TV show. And right. you know, so it, you know, YouTube, created this new range of creators it's a new medium same thing with tiktok you, you see all these tiktok quote-unquote influencers that can take advantage of the platform to become and i'm going to use this word you know famous well i think they there's, take there's, advantage. there's, there's, there's tiktok famous internet famous youtube famous and then real yeah, celebrities. it's i think they take i mean it's they take advantage of the algorithm yeah i yeah. I, I, I did this video uh on a personal site on, on one of my, my personal sites. I created this video. It was an interview with uh, a food truck. Mm -hmm. I think you, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, it was a video on a food truck, right? It, I did an interview for them, and uh, it blew up. Got like thirty plus thousand views. Yeah. Like, oh wow, this is awesome. 
And um, I did another video after that, and it was on something entirely different. Although in the same vein, you know, we interviewed these people, and, and I put it up on my channel, and it it, it bombed. It bombed. Yeah. It's like if I wanted, if I wanted to, I could have just done another video on food trucks, mm-hmm. and it would have blown up the same way as that previous video did. Because the algorithm is looking for similar content. Food trucks, food. Yeah, yeah it's going to want you to feed the machine the same thing so i I think is that why is that why we're not popular because i don't cover the same topics every episode we need to become an ai channel yeah and and just cover ai and hey maybe youtube will well i i analyze a lot of you know i look at a lot of the analytics on the shorts that hit and the shorts that don't hit yeah and so it's hard to tell sometimes Um, it almost seems like two shorts out of the four we post mm -hmm. do really well and then the other two don't and i'm starting to think maybe on the weekends we get good hits on weekends um sometimes we don't it's sometimes whether i'm the the thumbnail or whether you're the thumbnail or whether a guest is the thumbnail sometimes you and me as the thumbnail are better than yeah you know what i actually i think it's it's when this is the uh, the screen, the thumbnail. I got I got to copyright the beard. Yeah. Okay. I don't. When want you look at the, be... when you look at the camera and smile, that's when that's when we get lots and lots of hits. <laughs> yeah. Go. I was gonna say, go ahead and do it. I'll do it at the end. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So the thing that's disturbing is that as more of these companies develop technologies, the big platforms, it's less and less about the democratization. Yeah. Um. And it's almost like YouTube is now going to be considered like a big Hollywood production company where anybody that you're not going to be internet famous in the future. You're going to have to find another platform to try to find your fame. Right. I mean, look at just being a YouTuber. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that just proves the advancement of technology, right? The fact that. Well, as YouTube. it matures too, yeah. As as it matures, then then people get serious and they build companies right. around it. And you know, some guy in his basement is not just you know, is not going to be able to come YouTube famous. Just like some guy in their basement is probably not going to develop Apple computer yeah. or or companies like that. And that's what you. So if you want to become famous without, if you want to become famous and rich quickly, you have to find an an untapped market that has not True. yet been. Um, subject to that gold rush and maybe that's where ai plays a part now now maybe maybe you should start using ai and become an ai digital artist or take advantage of all these new tools and then try to make something out of that yeah true i mean and it too also could be just the nature of the internet i mean there's an audience for anything out there (laughs) i don't want to get into the rules of the internet but, uh, you know, there's probably an audience out there for whatever idea that you have. Yeah. Right. That reminds me of when we had a comment on on one of our shorts when we were talking about Second Life. Remember that the little clip about Second Life has been around for 20 years? Uh, Do you remember when we talked about that on a show? We, it was celebrating their anniversary. And I was I was I made a, a comment about I didn't even realize Second Life was still around. And I think I created that. It, we turned that into a, sh- a little short for for YouTube. And we got a comment from someone saying that I was that it was wrong for me to say that I should have been surprised that it never hit the mainstream. But even if it didn't hit the mainstream, there were still enough people that enjoyed the technology to keep the site running. Mm-hmm. And whether that person was right or wrong, I'm, I'm not here to, to argue that. But um, 
you like you said there's a niche for there's a small audience for almost anything out there yeah both good and bad obviously we could we could make jokes about some of the stuff that um is a little bit seedy but you know people that read comic books there you know there's a there's a group for them all the video games you're playing now um oh yeah what was it uh yeah armored Armored core armored core was a that was one of the first some of the first games from software came out yeah and back in the day those were so niche they were so niche to the gaming market and then they got into uh, the Soulsborne series, right? Yep. That blew up. That yep. was that was their their golden ticket to mainstream. And then, well, and then they made Elden Ring. They made Elden Ring, but then they go back to Armored yeah. Core, and what once was niche is now mainstream. You could find you could find people that might go Armored Core is a niche, even now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's had some mainstream success, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Is there, there's a there's a niche for well, the, for the audience is larger. I think yeah. the the audience has become mainstream. Here's another one for uh, which I'll move on to the next story. It's related to AI, but uh, the Fallout uh, video game series, uh, Amazon is doing a TV show uh, based on this. And now I'm excited about this TV show. Uh, Cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. I know. I I can't get too excited for anything any days, especially in front of you. Um, (laughs) So the the, the TV series apparently is coming out next year. So 2024. They were uh, at Gamescom. The uh, company released uh, a little mini trailer. But then on this one, they also released uh, some flat artwork, like an advertisement. If you go up to go up to the top, um, you can see that's the Fallout Boy character. Um, you know, typical thumbs up and then Los Angeles and, you know, that's the, the, the setting for the TV series. Um, but people started to notice that there were some really weird glitchy things in the artwork. Um, like for example, in that one, it looks like the tree is a little off center. Oh yeah. Uh, if you go down, oh, hold on a second. Yeah, let me see. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. If you go down to the next one, oh, that one, that person has three legs. Um, it's a person. Yep, and in the main one, it's off to the left. If you see the left down down southwest corner, well, let me open this in a new tab, okay, and then just blow this up. Yep. So if you go down now and go to the to the left, oh, right here. Oh, no, our, no, no, no. to the left of the Fallout Boy guy. No, I know it's just the oh, image. Okay, is can't. covered by yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that there person, go. there's right the there, three, right next to our box, our boxes, right, right underneath there. his um fist there. Yep. Uh, okay, so you go back to the other one. There was a couple of other. The I think the car, yeah, the car. That red car. Uh, it's it's moving in the direction away from the viewer, but the they drew headlights on oh, the yeah. back part of the car. Oh yeah. Um, this is something I've seen on Mid Journey uh, when I've had it try to draw cars. It yeah. draws the cars in the wrong direction. It doesn't know understand which way a, a car should be going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's some shadows in that one that that look off. Um, but there's enough evidence out there that possibly the, the background was created by AI. Um, so, and of course, a bunch of people on Twitter, they were like, I can't believe that Amazon, a billion dollar company would use AI in this case, um, instead of paying an artist. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised and, if we see, we're going to see more of this. By the time this one, by the time more. this video comes out, they there might be stories about whether Amazon admitted it or not. Um, another story on a mainstream website that was discussing this said that even if it wasn't AI, it's a really bad Photoshop job. 
So it could be really bad Photoshop or, but I think all indications are that it was created by AI. I mean, do you think the, the lights <laughs> on the car are just the, the rear, you know, the rear lights? No. But that looks like the front part of an engine rather than a trunk. I think the trunk bend would be yeah, a little yeah, different. Yeah, right, um, yeah. Oh, if you go back up, there was another one where, uh, go back up to the main image. There was no, on that yellow building, there's no windows. Hmm. So, again, a human artist. Is it a building? Like for, It's supposed to scale, be a building. No, it's supposed, to be a, it's supposed to be a building, like a hotel. Oh, really? Look to the right. And you've got windows in, other, in the other parts of the building. It's out of proportion, though, don't you think? Because the cars are here. Yeah, I, I, listen, I, I'm not one to judge. When I try to draw with perspective, I, I usually mess up and get things wrong. Actually, yeah, now that you look at it, if we look at the, the lady uh, to the right of the torso, mm-hmm. uh, Fall Out Boy, and then you look to the left, uh, we'll hold on a second, you can't see it. I think the buildings, the buildings are out of proportion. They just, the buildings are out of proportion, Yeah, I think. And then I think uh, there was another story where someone took that image and, and recreated it with AI really quickly. And mm-hmm. he said, that's a problem. Um, but, you know, and then I was thinking, does it really matter if a company uses AI and, or uh, not? And, and, you know, this, this goes on to our discussion we've had before with the, the secret invasion trailer for Marvel, where... They came out. Did they admit it? That, that it, or they did say that it was created by AI. Right? It was. Yeah. They or it to was it. so obvious that it there was it wasn't up for debate. No, they admitted um, to it. Like does 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 if Amazon wants to, they could do this, right? They could they could create AI art and just it, it would be nice if they said it and said this image was created by AI. So as opposed to trying to pass it off as. Yeah, in in my opinion, I'm I'm kind of fifty fifty on it, right? I, I I think companies have the right to do whatever they want, especially you know if you're private, whatever. Right. Um, they can decide whether or not they want to use AI or not. But at the same time, I think they should try to use actual artists, you know, employees to to create original content. Yeah, I don't think. Now, what's interesting is that if this was if this was created by AI, they couldn't copyright it. True. So that image could now be used by anybody that 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 wants to use it. So maybe they don't admit it that it was an AI thing, and they could still claim that this image it's pretty is copyrighted. It's pretty snaky. I wonder if that's how they're going to uh, these companies are going to get around this idea of of copyright. They'll just say, "Well, it wasn't created by AI." Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of rules and regulations coming out. There has to be something. Yeah. There has to be something. All right. I want to move on to our next story. Uh, it is back to school season. Uh, you, you, uh, your child is not ready for school yet, um, even though she is probably a lot more brilliant than I am. So maybe. Definitely. Uh, definitely. That's, def- that's, a definitely. that's a definite. So uh, <laughs> there's a, a, an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal about how a lot of school systems that bought Chromebooks uh, during the pandemic because they were low price, easy to use, um, 
apparently are no longer a good deal. Models that now have shot up in price in the past four years. Constant repairs are adding to the cost. Google imposes expiration dates, even if hardware still works. This year, Google is going to cease stop support for 13 models, and next year, 51 models are going to expire. Uh, these surging costs are presenting a predicament for anyone who runs a school and wants to educate children. Some administrators say they are throwing precious funding at a product that just doesn't last long enough. Doubling the lifespan of Chromebooks could save public schools and taxpayers an estimated $1.8 billion, according to U.S. Perg, a public interest research group that analyzed Chrome data. So when the pandemic hit, there were all these school systems were like, holy crap, we've got to figure out how we're going to teach our kids remotely. And so they threw a lot of money at, at Google and bought all of these Chromebooks because, again, Chromebooks are less expensive than a typical laptop that you right, see from Dell right. or um, you know anyone that uses Windows. Right. So the Chrome OS, it's not, you know, it's it's a computer, but it's basically running off of Chrome OS, uh, browser-based operating system. Um, my kids, all three of my kids have the, uh, a Chromebook assigned to them uh, that was given to them, I probably want to say, right at the round of the pandemic. So 2021, when they went back to school, everyone mm-hmm. was given a Chromebook. So now it's been two years. Luckily, uh, my kids are at the high end where they're about to graduate. So it won't be an issue where they will have to do a refresh on these Chromebooks. Um, but it is a big problem for a lot of school systems if they've got to constantly be up, upgrading. And, and the other problem is that these things break because you've got kids and kids aren't very smart when it comes to handling a lot of this technology. They drop it. They spill water on it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So um, it is a problem if you're in a school system. And I just want to tell one other story. So uh, the summer happened. And my son took his Chromebook and put it somewhere. And then over the last week, he's now had to try to find it. And he didn't charge it at all throughout the summer. And so three hours to go before bedtime on Sunday night before he has to go back to school, he finally finds the charger for it, plugs it in and goes, okay, I'll be ready for school tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah. Ah, kids, they, they're just, yeah. they're so much fun. Um, <laughs> but there is good news on the PC front, uh, which is the next story I want to talk to you. Uh, our, our sister company here at Foundry slash IDG, it's the IDC, the International Data Corp. They're the, they're the people that do all of the, the stats and figures. Uh, they basically said that global PC shipments are expected to return to growth in 2024. However, it's going to be below 2019 pre-pandemic levels. The road to recovery for personal computers has been challenging, coming off explosive years in 2020 and 2021, but signs of growth are finally returning. According to IDC's personal computing device tracker, PC shipments are forecast to grow 3.7% year over year in 2024, reaching 261.4 million shipments. The shipment volume will be higher than the 259.6 million in 2018, but still below 2019 levels. Um, uh, IDC says the industry still faces challenge, including concerns around the consumer market refresh cycle, businesses pushing device purchases forward, and education budgets that are not rebounding in many markets. As a result, 2023 shipments are forecast to decline 13.7% year over year to 252 million units. But as you get into 2024 and beyond, you'll see that the numbers are expected to grow. Um, there's the chart there and Chrome OS, as you can see in 2024, you will see some growth and then some small growth, but the big growth in the yellow line is Mac OS expected to be a huge jump next year. And then they're going to, then they're going to have a decline between 2024 and 2025. But I think overall it's, it's good news, which saw a lot. If you see those declines on the left from 
2022 to 2023. And even before then, I think there were some further declines. Um, I mean, this, this also might be indicative of just, you know, the economy in general, people might be looking for cheaper options. You know what I mean? And they also, Um, and and the uh, analyst uh, at IDC also said, um, consumer demand for PCs also faces challenges from other devices, including smartphones, consoles, tablets, and more, marking 2023 as the year with the greatest annual decline in consumer PC shipments since the category's inception. So it looks like that this year is going to be a bad year, but then after that, oh, everything's going to be great. <laughs> so we think. Until it won't be. <laughs> well, that's the hard part about making predictions is that... Right. Um, your, you intention, can all, you, your intention is to be right. <laughs> you, you would hope that it's right, but if it's wrong, you just go, oh, hey, look, something shiny over there. Right. Look at something else. Yeah. Uh, all right. There's another story I want to talk about. Uh, speaking of screens and such, another great story in the Wall Street Journal is saying that the screens and lack of sun are causing an epidemic of myopia. Um, and the first thing I thought of, well, I thought of two things when I was reading this article. Basically, well, uh, uh, myopia is myopia is nearsightedness, nearsightedness, which means you can see things pretty well in front of you, um, but then distance it gets it gets fuzzy. So I'm nearsighted. When I first started getting glasses, I noticed that when I was driving, I could it was really blurry when I was far away, Mm -hmm. Um, but I could still read, uh, you know, a computer or a book like this. As I've gotten older, it's now, it's now, I'm just, I need glasses for everything. So I have progressive lenses for both up close and far away. Um, Just the ravages of time. But basically, because of the pandemic, not a lot of people were, were going outside. And they basically said that all of these devices and the lack of going outside to get sun is causing an, an uptick in the number of myopia cases. Um, and yeah. so the old the old phrase that your mom or your grandma would say, like, stop reading or stop being so close to that device or yeah, that TV, exactly. yeah. you know, your eyes are going to go bad. It, it's actually somewhat true. Um, but also get these kids outside and get them to do something. The, the second thing that I was reminded of was when they when Apple had their announced their recent announcement during their worldwide developer conference, not. Not the no, Vision not the Pro. VR no, oh, they yeah. were talking about the one of I think it was the Watch OS upgrade. Uh, they're going to include some kind of sensor or data tracker that is tracking how much sunlight you get, and to or to remind people or the users to go outside and get some fresh air. <laughs> and so, just to, the watch so, will remind you to so, live. So, so <laughs> Apple. <laughs> so Apple. The computer that basically ruined all of the kids by having this device that causes them to do this all day inside, blah, 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 or an iPad. And, you know, we're, we're creating an army of zombies that are attached to these devices is now saying, oh, my bad. I'm going to remind you to go outside. It's almost like that reminder that they do. Wow. And like when you're it's like it's time to go to bed now. Right. Right. Uh, right. Or I'm going to turn turn the blue light. Because they realize that this technology is ruining people, so well, let's let's just have a reminder. Well, it's also as I'm getting as I'm getting text messages from my kids at the moment. Yeah, well, it's also it's like, well, how what good are you as a consumer to Apple if 
you're unhealthy or dead. <laughs> right. It wants if, to keep if, you alive. If you're a, if you're a zombie that's not getting enough sleep and you're inside all day and now you can't see. <laughs> right. Right. So if, if you're not alive, you can't buy more Apple products. So it's it's like a virus. It's the consumer. It's the consumer virus. It's like the parasite that lives inside you all of a sudden telling you to eat healthier. Apple is looking out for your well-being. That's like, yeah, it's almost like, yeah, so I've, I've got this thing that, that is feeding off of me, and, it, and then it can talk to me and says, hey, Keith, you know, in order for me to survive, you need to start eating healthier. Right. <laughs> right. Is that uh, really of, cynical? Of course they're going to do that. Of course they're going to want to look after your health and stuff like that because, you know, and then functionality s- and also they want you to buy more. Apple and products. they want you to sell the buy the health tracker and they're going to tell you all these great things about about running and, and heart rate monitoring and all this other stuff. I'm just I think it's a little cynical for them to do that. Yeah, I mean, but I guess there's scientific evidence about the fact that you need to you need to in order to not get myopia. Uh, that you need to go outside. So if yeah. you're listening to this while you're running, congratulations. If you're inside, go outside. <laughs> All right. One final story, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, we talk a lot about on this show about artificial intelligence and how it can be used for sort of bad purposes. So I'm always on the lookout for stories where AI is good. Okay. And so I found one. Uh, Research breakthrough brain implant and and a digital avatar allows this stroke survivor to speak with facial expressions for the first time in 18 years. And this is a story from the University of San Francisco. And how do I get my kids to stop texting me at this point? (laughs) We might have more beeps. All right. So um, uh, this this follows a patient who uh, uh, this this woman named Anne, and at the age of thirty, she suffered a brain stem stroke that left her severely paralyzed. She lost control of all the muscles in her body and was unable to even to breathe. It came on suddenly one afternoon for reasons that are still mysterious. For the next five years, she went to bed at night, eat, uh, afraid that she would die in her sleep. It took years of physical therapy before she could move her facial muscles enough to laugh or cry. Still, the muscles that would have allowed her to speak remained immobile. Uh, And she had like a 13-month-old daughter, an 8-year-old stepson, and a 26-month-old marriage. Now she's working with researchers at University of California, San Francisco, and UC Berkeley to develop new brain-to-computer technology that could one day allow people like her to communicate more naturally through a digital avatar that represents a person. So they're using an AI avatar. They're using AI technologies to interpret signals from her brain that then get translated into speech. Um, and there is a, a really cool video here that shows a little bit about how the technology works. Now they did condense a, some of the of the uh, footage to speed it up just a little bit. But what she was doing before was she had this thing where she could type out her answers, and it would take five to seven minutes to have a conversation with her. But now her thoughts can be. Is an electrocorticography grid which is attached to a pedestal, which is screwed onto the participant's skull. And it's pretty as a very invasive. first person to have this Yeah, but it, this is able to read her signals and then it converts it to speech. I think you are wonderful. In the Chang lab, we really focus on restoring huh. voice to people that have lost it due to- I mean, obviously it's in like beta version. ALS. So. What we're picking up on are neural activity related directly to 
the attempts to move her facial muscles, and that's what we're able to decode into speech. Hey Anne, how's it going? It is good to see you. Giving them so that's the a pretty quick communicate again with their loved ones. That's a pretty quick response. Yeah, from I a conversation mean, standpoint. So it's basically predicting what she's trying to say. Yeah. Or interpret what she's trying to say based off of the movements of her muscles in her mouth, or uh, in her face, her mouth. But I think it's also reading her brain signals too. That too, yeah. I think That's that one, she, they got it right. It yeah. Got what she said, uh, right. In order to communicate in her day to day life. So, this is what she was using before. She was using some glasses, and then the glasses would, would, yeah, had, had a cursor that would, she would type out these informations, but this was taking, yeah. I think that was very similar to what Stephen Hawking uh, used. Yeah. Would probably be like a five to seven minute conversation. Anyway, the, we'll put the, the link of the story on the, uh, the show page um, just to show. I, again, I, I like stories like this because it does show, hey, technology can be used for, for good purposes. So I, I generally need a reminder every now and then that not everything is, is hackers trying to, to take all of your money right, and right. you know bad things and deep fakes and all this other stuff or, you know, Technology that's going to steal our jobs. So it's nice to see uh, to technology being used in beneficial ways. I mean, especially in the in the medical industry. Yeah. I mean, I think there was one uh, individual we had on the show who talked about how AI can predict ailments and stuff yep. as you get older. I'm yep. like, wow, that's that's actually useful. You know, um, it's not like we're asking to create some sort of AI generated. Uh, image the, these are actually real use cases they can use um, right. ai for right so. and and uh, it's also a little bit personal for me because i have a family history of, of strokes my grandfather had a stroke and um, i never knew him before he had the stroke so my first memories of him were basically he was a stroke survivor and yeah. he talked he talked weird to me and you know but you know it was it was it would be interesting to see if technology like that could someday help stroke survivors communicate better and 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 be able to live their lives, you right. know, a lot more than than what has been done in the past. So yeah, um, I'm always in favor of, of technologies that can help stroke victims. So, all right, that's that's going to do it for for us. Uh, it was a kind of a short week in terms of technology news, and we'll come back with lots of more stories, and of course, we'll do the bad news ones too. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, no problem. That's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, add any comments that you have below. Join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.